Hello, everyone. I'm Frank Garza with Lean Startup Company, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show. Today's topic is how a film composer uses Lean Startup, and moderating the discussion is our own Lean Startup Company faculty lead, Marilyn Gorman. Our guest is film composer and editor-in-chief at Film Scoring Tips, Giovanni Rotundo. And with that, I'll hand things off to Marilyn. Giovanni Rotondo, thank you so much for joining me today for this uh, webcast. I'm so interested to hear uh, your story and hear more about your background and application of Lean Startup. You are the first musician that I've interviewed for this series. I've spoken to people who work in film and education and nonprofits, but I don't believe I've had a chance to speak to somebody who's got the kind of experience that you have in music and film scoring. So I think because applying Lean Startup in this way may be a little bit unusual for some of our listeners, can you talk a little bit about the work that you do and some of the success that you've had? Sure, first of all, let me thank you for inviting me to the screencast, I'm, I'm very happy to participate. Um, yes, I, I am a composer and I work uh, mainly on film and TV. So I provide music for visual. And um, um, the, the process is um, pretty straightforward. You get the, the product to score, so either the movie, the TV episode, and um, after talking with the director, uh, you come up with ideas and try to uh, realize his or her vision uh, musically. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not the right person to ask about my success because <laughs> I'm very self-critical. But I, I'm, I'm going to say I've been lucky to work on um, important uh, TV uh, productions in Italy. Um, I worked with the main uh, network for primetime shows and documentaries and then I've done a few feature films all around the world really because um, I've done one in Italy, one in New Zealand, one in Canada recently and um, I've worked for feature films in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, yeah and, and this is this is one side of my uh, work. The other sides are uh, projects done uh, not for visuals uh, like musical albums or uh, I even composed a symphony a few years ago and um, yes uh, I, I don't know if this answered uh, <laughs> <laughs> no I think it's given us a, a good uh, some broad strokes about about your background and as you talk to uh, my mind can't help go to some of our lean startup uh, concepts the most one of the most important being understanding who your customer is now with the kind of work that you do you have a director you have an audience you may have others producers etc all of whom you might say are your customers for lack of a better word for the work that you do so can you talk a little bit first about how you learned about the lean startup approach and what was it about this methodology that you thought you could apply to scoring uh, whatever it is you're scoring, whether they're games or films or television shows or something quite discreet. Sure. Um, 
so I was, I am part of an organization um, here in London called The Rattle. It's, um, um, it's basically, it is a startup and uh, its aim is to connect uh, artists and musical startups together and uh, to, um, it, it also acts as an incubator for both. So uh, a career incubator for artists and a startup incubator for musical startups. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined as an artist, but breathing the air of the startup world, I, I got interested and I had an idea uh, a few months ago. It was, I think, about seven or eight months ago for a startup. So. I was talking with the um, owner, co-owner, and um, uh, co-founder of the uh, Rattle. His name is Chris Howard, and he mentioned he, he liked my idea for a startup. But he mentioned I'd read the book Lean Startup mm-hmm. by Eric Ries. Yeah, um, and so I did. I, I listened, and as I was reading, I could feel there was a connection somewhere. With what I do, even though it's it's not a given and it's not uh, something I would have taught. Mm-hmm. So once I had done with uh, with the, the the book, my idea for the startup was uh, in pause at that moment. Mm-hmm. But I kept thinking about these concepts, and I you know I had the feeling there was a connection there. So I I really dwelled into my mind to to see how to apply these concepts to my work, and in fact I found quite a few ways and the, the similarities are disconcerting if you <laughs> how far those two words are. Um, I have had a chance of uh, testing a little bit and mm-hmm. I must say so far so good. It does work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, I, I can, I can go in depth with the articles if you want or We'll, we'll talk a little bit more, I think, about some of those examples. I know that you're also um, the editor-in-chief for the website uh, Film Scoring Tips. That's and, right, yes. um, you know, certainly I've had the opportunity to speak to founders and people who are running their websites. And again, they talk a lot about how their websites allow them to stay in contact with customers, if you like and that they can learn from what the feedback that they get through that. So can you talk a little bit about uh, the Film Scoring Tips website and why you started it? And again, what are you learning from your uh, audience? Once again, the fault is a books. Uh, It's a book (laughs) I was reading, uh, Crush It by Gary Vee. And uh, it's a book about starting a blog or a vlog or a podcast in order to uh, increment and increase uh, one's scope of uh, action and network, basically. Mm -hmm. So this was the first uh, um, reason why I started the the blog. But then many more more reasons uh, got me going and and, uh, one being feeling the the warmth of an audience Mm -hmm. that was engaged and mm-hmm. liking what I was doing and um, and the professionals that wanted to participate more and more um, so this started very small uh, it was just me writing uh, a few articles a week mm-hmm. and little by little I started inviting uh, guest authors yeah. and I am blown away by how 
big profile names are participating mm -hmm. now after uh, less than five months have wow. started. Um, two weeks ago, uh, I had Dario Marianelli to write an article for me. He's mm -hmm. Academy Award winner for the score he wrote on uh, atonement. Mm -hmm. And I can't say names yet, but I have quite a few more of, of, of these high-profile composers yeah. so kindly offering to write. So this showed me I must be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, I started wanting to do more yeah. because I think there is a good thing that 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 is going on, and and um, of course, it, it can be helpful to fellow composers, and it's great. I'm meeting new people, yeah. so why not? Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't remember the second part of the. I don't know if this answered <laughs> everything you asked for. <laughs> That's okay, Giovanni. You know, and, and uh, obviously when you're attracting those kinds of individuals, those talented musicians to your website um, and to your blogs, we call that validated learning. So what you're doing is proving that there's value in what you're talking about and that it's something that your customers want and more importantly, will will participate and take advantage of. So I think that's that's fantastic. So is there any element of the lean startup methodology that you think is most appealing to other musicians and to yourself? I know you've written about pivots and minimum viable cues and things like that. Yes. Can we talk a little bit about how you're actually applying it when you're being asked to develop a, a really essentially a musical product for somebody? With pleasure. Um, so yes, one of the first articles, and actually one of the first series of articles I uh, wrote for the for the blog was the Lean Composer. So mm -hmm. I had uh, a reason to, um, to to really make those connections uh, uh, on paper, mm -hmm. and um, the the most striking uh, idea I've I've learned from the book was the one of the minimum viable. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, product which wasn't something i would have thought mm -hmm. about it's mm -hmm. it it is counterintuitive if you think about it a little bit and um but it's illuminating and it makes complete sense in the world of startups mm -hmm. there is uh, one place within the workflow of a composer where this same concept mm -hmm. applies completely in my own experience at least uh, and um it's the concept of submitting the first batch of cues. Mm -hmm. So a cue is, just to give a little uh, reference to the uh, viewers who I'm sure, this is a very technical uh, film music world. Sure. It's um, whenever you have a piece of music in a movie that has a start and an end, mm -hmm. regardless of how many scenes the music encompasses, mm -hmm. that's one cue. Mm -hmm. So, we talk about cues when we submit music to a director. Mm -hmm. We are submitting cues to the director for review. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the most scary thing for a composer, <laughs> cues, especially when it's the first batch of cues. So you've just started a project mm -hmm. and you are setting, you're, you're beginning to set the tone of the score with the, with the director. Uh, sometimes, you know, a composer works with the same director over and over so at some point it gets less, less scary but there are always new 
projects with new directors. So sure. um, that phase is very, very critical. Mm -hmm. A successful uh, first batch of cues can mean a successful uh, overall writing experience, mm -hmm. restless, uh, enjoyable, whereas the opposite applies. So um, having a problematic first batch of cues can um, can be uh, a disaster in a, in a way. So the idea was how you know how do I can I make this phase more efficient applying the lean startup uh, mm -hmm. concept, and I came up with with the concept of minimum viable queue. Mm -hmm. So ways to make a queue. Um, good enough to be to give the idea of what the finished product will be to the director, mm -hmm. but um, in a way that doesn't waste too much time. Yeah. Which, by the way, it's such a precious um, thing for a composer. Time is always very, very tight. We are talking of uh, many, many projects where a composer only has weeks. To compose a full score. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I did. I did found, find um, areas where um, the the minimum viable queue would um, uh, take shape, basically. So one of the areas, for instance, is the orchestration, mm -hmm. uh, which means once you have the horizontal um, writing of the music, mm -hmm. you, you will. Um, give instruments to the melody and the harmony and the various elements so you orchestrate the music and this can be a rather time-consuming um, uh, phase but there is a point where the idea is clear and it sounds very good mm -hmm. and it's a matter of refinement and mm -hmm. preparing for the orchestra mm -hmm. so my uh, uh, idea for a minimum my, uh, viable cue is get to that point but not over uh, try to send the queue sooner rather than later sure so so giovanni i, I know uh and i want to hear uh, some stories from you uh, one of the ideas that you come to is recognizing that when you do that first batch it doesn't have to be perfect yes but you've also talked about the idea that it's really scary working with perhaps a new director or a new producer and sending something that's not perfect. And it's something that people struggle with, I think, regardless of what industry they're in, when it comes to that minimum viable product, cue, whatever. It's, I wanna test to see if I'm on the right track, but I don't want it to get in the way of the, my customer thinking I can do my work. So can you talk a little bit about how you engaged with your directors or the producers or whomever, your customers, so that they could also be willing to accept something that was less than perfect on Definitely. the path to getting where you needed to go? Well, well to, to answer this shortly, I will say they don't have to know that it's not perfect. Uh. <laughs> it, must, it must sound perfect to them. Yeah. I'm the one who knows that. Okay. It can get more refinement and it get can get better but I'm the musician mm -hmm. I uh, you know I'm the one that is supposed to hear these slight differences mm -hmm. um, this is actually a, a, a little 
controversial of an issue because once, once I uh, published this article, a dear friend of mine told me, I don't agree with you. It must be perfect because nowadays a director wants to hear a perfect product. So yes, the truth is it, it must sound perfect. It must sound uh, very, very, very um, uh, close to what it will be at the end. But following this um, areas that I outlined, you can do that without wasting too much time. So, so you can, in a way, save those phases for a little moment and, and potentially save plenty of time because what if the, the full first batch of queue is rejected? Then, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah. the, it's exactly the same thing yeah. as a minimum viable yeah. product. Exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, there are also things that w w when working with a director um, can help this is a phase of experimentation as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. directors do know that. And um, uh, when I did, um, uh, I did talk of, of small batches, um, uh, I, I did, I did think of a, so, uh, sorry, actually, no, it's not, it's not in the small batches article. Uh, I was thinking of more um, topics to touch around mm -hmm. the startup. And um, uh, one would be the A-B testing. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. And this, this is one example where I think it shows how um, uh, the concept can be even more helpful for this phase that you are describing. Uh, I'm started uh, submitting multiple versions of cues mm -hmm. just in the first batches because otherwise it would make the work much and too much large and too impossible to handle. But I've started to submit first batches of cues in A-B versions. Mm -hmm. And this allows me to test the terrain and really under, and, and if the versions are quite contrasting, it mm -hmm. can be very helpful. I've also found there's a psychological component to this um, because when a director has, has two options, he or her is, is brought to not think, is it good or is it not good? But mm -hmm. the question is, which one is the best? Ah, so it's almost yeah. like you take uh, yeah. refusal out of equation. Of course, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But um, so yeah, this is another way of um, dealing with, with the, the relationship. At the end of the day, it, making movies is a joint venture. It really mm -hmm. is. Yeah. The director is the captain of the ship and has mm -hmm. a vision, and the composer's job is to respect this vision. Um, but I'm sure. yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and to understand their vision, so that the work that you do delivers the value towards that vision that they need. Yeah. I know um, you shared with me a, a story about uh, doing a mock-up where you were replacing uh, another composer with very little time left. Can yes. you talk about how Lean Startup and, and this idea of not necessarily sending something perfect, but working on mock-ups that would give an idea of uh, how you could accomplish his vision really helped yes. you? This was actually, this, is, this happened a few years ago. I didn't know about the Lean Startup yet, ah. but, but um, 
this is one of, of those uh, uh, occasions where after reading the book, I had an illumination. I said, that's why that worked so well back then. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, basically my hands were tied because of time. Mm. So mm -hmm. I could not possibly make better mock-ups than the one I did. And um, a mock-up, by the way, I, I mean, it's, it's self-explanatory, but in, in the musical world is a simulation. It's, it mm -hmm. can be orchestral, it can be any kind of band, but it's a, a, a virtual simulation of the music mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. will be then recorded. Sometimes mm -hmm. mock-ups mock stay as mock-ups under mm -hmm. the, the movie because of budget, because of time. Some other times we have uh, recordings of these uh, pieces. In that, in that case, yeah, the time was so tight that uh, I really had to uh, compromise a little bit perfection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i um you know i i was a little a, a young composer uh, mm -hmm. with a first time big shot at, at, a, at a big tv movie so the director was rather nervous and he mm -hmm. wanted to hear um what i was doing especially because the orchestra was already booked even before i entered the project they had a day yeah so I can understand he was nervous and he wanted to hear mock-ups. I had to find a compromise between the perfection of the mock-up and the delivering it day by day, you know, sending new music every day. And I think it worked great. Um, once again, I'm not sure he didn't, he did notice that the sound of the mock-up was anything less than Mm -hmm. uh, you know, very high level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I did notice, but I beat my tongue and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and being self-critical is, is, a, is a, a little bit of a curse in these situations. Of course, of course. But it's good to find what, what's the point of, uh, you know, sounding quote-unquote good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so I know there are other elements of the Lean Startup approach that you also try to bring to your work. For example, um, you know, leap of faith assumptions, the assumptions you start off to make about what it is the director wants, or how do you measure whether you're accomplishing what the director wants you to accomplish? What, what metrics do you use? Um, that's actually a very good question. This is one of the areas I haven't written yet about, but ah. I'd like to, and I am exploring it, but I, I feel I need, <laughs> I need <laughs> research because it can, it can vary greatly. And um, the, there is a lot of vanity metric going on. I'm where, sure. Where a director, because at the end, you know, a director has to, when, when a, a cue is not right, a director has to tell a composer, I don't like your music. And this, <laughs> it's understandable that, that they know they would break our hearts by doing sure. so. So, so many times I've heard, you know, the, the first, I think this works very well, but, but. so, mm -hmm. The, the first part is of, of the sentence is one you want to take yeah. very uh, delicately and not sure. too much into it. 
so, so I can tell you this is one of the things I'm, I'm noticing. Uh, the everything that comes after the but is usually more important and uh, one uh, metric to focus on. Everything that comes before sometimes is important. It has happened that it was a, a sheer lie. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I wonder too. You know, I'm sure you of people talk about the fact that you know customers whether they're directors or producers or um, whomever they don't always know what they want they off more often know what they don't want and so it's weeding through all those different experiments if you like to really help you truly understand what it is a director wants and needs and yes. and so that you know the, the part of the measurement may in fact just be how many iterations do you have to send to a director before you find the sound the cue that piece of music that is going to fit exactly his vision or her vision of success that is true and and there are so many different kind of artists out there and mm -hmm. uh, you know maybe the ones that uh, have a, a clear vision about music, they are great, but even the, the ones that don't have a clear uh, vision about music, you know, make great products. So it's, it's a very varied uh, experience every time it changes. And this is, to be honest, one of the reasons why I love it. It's, yeah. it's always exciting and new. Um, but yeah, for instance, the, the, the AB idea, mm -hmm. Uh, even even in what you are saying, um, in, in these situations where the director maybe doesn't have already a clear musical mm -hmm. direction in mind, it can really help. It can, can start, help. yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, either rule out areas mm -hmm. not to touch or um, highlight one direction that that is good. Well, Giovanni, I'm sure you know that people love hearing about failure. <laughs> so, and it's not just hearing about failure, but it's, it's hearing about failure that led to learning and ultimately perhaps a different kind of success. So can you talk for a minute about some of the things that you've tried and for whatever reason just didn't work, but through that failure, you were able to come up with a better product overall? Definitely, yeah. That there are. I, I could talk for a whole four <laughs> hours about that. Uh, you, a, comp a film composer must learn to deal with failure because many times it's not even a particular person's fault. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. uh, two artists trying to find a, a common ground. Yeah. And um, Yes, um, to give you a couple of examples, of recent examples, uh, one that involves the, the, Lin, the Lin composer's mm -hmm. technique, which helps, helped. Um, I was uh, working on, a, on an animated short film and the, um, it, it's not yet out and I can't tell a lot about it. What I can tell, and, and it's what really excites me, is that uh, Sir Ian McKellen uh, has oh, done the voiceover for, wow. for the short film and he's an idol of mine, so I'm mm. very happy. I can't wait to, to share it with the world. But um, this was a series, and in this particular short, um, I felt like a classical sonata, a Mozartian piano sonata <laughs> would work. And when I uh, composed it, I loved it. I thought it was 
Perfect. So I even a little boldly I sent the uh, sonata thinking that there is no way this will be rejected. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, it was. It was rejected. <laughs> and you know, I should say after twelve years of experience, I'm I'm you know, reject the, the uh, a rejected cue doesn't uh, make me suffer a bit, but I would lie. My brain, my heart still gets broken every time. It's it's only a matter of, of how fast you recover from it. So I'm getting pretty fast. Um, but uh, you know, I can. I just sorry to interrupt that, but I can hear Eric Reese in my head. His voice, who said many times, at some point, somebody's going to tell you your baby is ugly. <laughs> and so that's why you can't afford to fall in love with your solutions too quickly. Yes. That's true. <laughs> Very wise. Um, so yeah, I let a couple of hours go by, distracted myself, thought of something else, and then started thinking creatively and, and constructively. Um, and I did a completely different take. It was a jazzy kind of mm-hmm. mood. So it really changed the whole perception of the short film. I love and it. Yeah. The, the main... Uh, concept the main the main idea for me it was I need to be proud of this as I was mm-hmm. proud of the other one uh, so I, I it was a completely different take but mm-hmm. I kept a few elements for instance the points where the music would sync with mm-hmm. the pictures were kept mm-hmm. uh, I even kept some of the harmonies in, in a few places and yeah. the tempo was kept so mm-hmm. what I'm saying is I did pivot Good for uh, you. I yeah. That, yeah. I did that yeah. with knowing what I was doing. Yeah. And, um, this was amazing. And it, it worked, by the way. The, the, yeah. the cue was accepted. The director was thrilled. I am mm-hmm. thrilled. I feel yeah. I have grown up uh, yeah. and have done something that was, in a way, outside of my comfort zone and mm-hmm. made me yeah. really do my best. Yeah. So, um, the, the the concept of being able to pivot a cue, it yeah. makes me feel like I have superpowers now. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a great story, Giovanni, and it takes courage too. You could have just kind of tweaked the original one a bit or made very small incremental changes, but instead you had the courage to say, let's look at this with a completely different perspective and try something that, you know, it may be a risk to go in a different direction, but I won't learn unless I take that risk. And I think that's a, that's an excellent lesson for any listener to take when they're looking at their work product and trying to think about how they, can they deliver on the vision that their customer has. So I think that's fantastic. And the idea that I was keeping some of the elements, the ones that I really thought mm-hmm. were working, uh, it, it made it, easier for me to I was feeling I had I did I had not wasted time time is so important so to have that feeling gave me strength and motivation yeah when you think about uh, the community that you have through your blogs and through the film scoring tips website do you see any of that community also applying Lean Startup? Have you learned anything from them and their experiences that you can share? Uh, this, is, this is so young that mm-hmm. no, I, the, the, the quick answer is not yet. That's but fair. Yeah. I've, 
I've read a few comments they, they made on the, um, under the article and they were really, really heartwarming. I, I loved reading them. Uh, I remember one composer, he's not a young composer, he, he's mm-hmm. um, pretty experienced, uh, writing, um, I love your blogs and uh, it, it was under the link, com- link composer um, link I, I posted. I love your blogs, they are uh, thought provoking. Yeah. And that, that was really validating. That's exactly yeah. what it yeah. felt for me when sure. I read the book and I had, had this idea that it was a, a new way to do things. And this is exactly what I'm interested in for the blog, presenting new, fresh, uh, up-to-date um, uh, methods for a thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, I, I'm sure I will at some point Hear stories of how these these techniques have been applied. I, I hope I will at least. Yeah. Well, I think the fact, as you said, that that your your article was thought provoking. That's where it starts, where people are willing to consider: Is there a different way of doing this? Is there a better way? What am I willing to try? What might I be able to learn? Definitely. So, Giovanna, can I ask you then, as we come to a close? What might be some words of encouragement that you could offer to not only other musicians, but just individuals in general in terms of of being willing to consider taking Lean Startup and applying it to whatever work it is that you're doing? Yes. um, For me, the the best part of applying, of of adopting this new set of, um, let's call them rules, because in a way it's what they are, um, it's the, the fact that it takes stress out of the experience. And okay. the more you have fun doing it, the better a job you do. Yeah. So less stress means it, it, it is equals, uh, equal to better quality of, mm-hmm. of output. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the fact that it saves time. Mm. It, it's all, uh, it all comes together. Saving time saves you from uh, being stressed. It gives you more time to experiment with different solutions and and, uh, do things you might not have done. And um, so I I highly recommend uh, at least implementing some of them, the ones that feel more in line with one's uh, workflow. And um, the other thing I, I'd like to uh, to suggest and to advise uh, film composers is mm-hmm. uh, to to really uh, expose oneself to external cultures and influences and read books that are outside of your fields, mm-hmm. watch movies that are of genres you don't like. Uh, sometimes, for instance, sometimes somebody tells me that that's an ugly film. I go mm-hmm. and watch. I love yeah. watching ugly films, <laughs> even when I don't. <laughs> there is something to learn in in these experiences. So it is very important not to close one's oneself into the studio and and be a heremite for the rest of of one's career. I love it. That's such great advice. Giovanni Rotondo, thank you so much for your time today. I'm sure, I know I'm grateful for it and I I know our listeners will be as well. Thank you again. I hope so. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. I'm grateful to you.